Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Cup and a Conversation. This is our podcast focused on the many businesses and stakeholders in our community of Brunswick, Ohio. Well, hello, everyone. We're, uh, we're here talking today about housing developments in Brunswick, Ohio. I'm Grant Ongst, Community Economic Development Director for the City of Brunswick, and I've got Pam Plavetsky, Planning and Zoning Coordinator, and Cliff Calloway, Chief Building Official. So uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we just start it out as to say hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so uh, we get asked a lot of different questions in, in the uh, planning and zoning and building departments, but how does somebody come build a, build a housing development or a new neighborhood or things like that? Well, there are a lot of steps in it. I'll talk about some of the high-level stuff. Pam and Cliff will talk about their roles in, in the much more greater detail than, than what I do. But in essence, a, uh, a builder or developer, and there's a difference between a developer and a builder, uh, a developer who has this idea or this scope that they are in the midst of potentially acquiring some land, so they might have what's called an LOI, letter of intent to acquire a piece of land uh, from the current owners to build a development, primarily perhaps single-family housing or single-family clusters, and there are different types of housing. And they come and they approach me or Pam or Cliff and they say, hey, we've got this piece of land. Maybe it's 10 acres, maybe it's 20 acres, maybe it's 30 acres or more. Uh, and we've got this idea, this concept of, uh, of what we'd like to do. And uh, we talk about it a little bit and then we really, we really find out, are they really talking about single family homes for the city of Brunswick and how does that fit into the neighborhood they're, they're looking at and the neighborhoods around them? And then if that, if that passes muster, if you will, uh, we gather our team together, which is myself and Pam and Cliff, our chief engineer, Matt Jones, our fire chief, Greg Glauner, and uh, we generally have a, have a meet and greet discussion, whether it be over Zoom or in person, and uh, talk to the developer about their plans. Pam, what are your thoughts? Okay, after we have our preliminary discussion via WebEx or in person there, then our goal is to get them ready for planning commission to submit a plan, as we call it, a discussion plan. And at that point, they're going to show us, you know, how many lots, access points, um, you know, any landscaping that is proposed, if they are abutting another subdivision or... Perhaps they're near a commercial establishment there. So we start with that, and if all goes well, we will submit that to the Planning Commission. Planning Commission will hear that at one of their evening meetings, and if they like what they see, they will move it on to what's called a detailed site plan. Now, at that point, if this is a single-family cluster development, please note, single-family cluster development in the city of Brunswick does not mean attached units necessarily. It could be, but it does not necessarily mean that, especially if it's zoned in a residential district. But cluster developments are a conditionally permitted use, which means we have a public hearing on it. So at that point, if Planning Commission, as I said, they like the discussion plan and they move it forward to a detailed site plan, we will have a public hearing on it and notify all the residents within a 200-foot radius by mail. 
Now, sometimes property is um, annexed in. Grant, did you want to touch on that? Because sometimes we have property that's annexed in from the township. Sure, that's a great point. Um, if somebody wants to annex in, they, they, they're permitted to have general, very general discussions with us, but no detail, no, nothing presented to Planning Commission because they have another process they have to get through first prior to doing that. And that's annexation into the city of Brunswick. The property has to be contiguous to a, another piece of property that's within the city boundaries. That has to be ruled upon by our law director and our city engineer. <clears throat> and let's make the assumption that it is ruled that it is contiguous and it is annexed into the city. Uh, at that point, the annexation process actually goes to the county commissioners and then the body in which the property already sits uh, there, are, there are hearings to find out and make determinations at that level. Uh, can, they, can they come into the city of Brunswick on their choosing? Uh, we don't historically go and knock on people's doors to annex into the city of Brunswick uh, most of the time. In fact, I would say all of the time in recent history, the owners of that property have contacted us. And um, they come in as what's called rural residential into the city of Brunswick. Uh, and that's kind of a holding pattern until they determine if they're coming in as a RL district, which is essentially single-family dwellings, uh, or a CG district, which is uh, general commercial, or something else. Um, and uh, our law department gets involved, obviously, because of doing legislation to accept the property into the city and then being able to legally allow services to that property uh, police, fire, safety services, as well as public utilities such as water, etc. So that, that's kind of that's kind of where it leads to, and and then from that point we have the deeper discussions as to how many units are you thinking you're putting in, um, how does this work again with the community, and how do, how does it it work with with what they're building? Does it does it make sense? Cliff, what are your thoughts these days on? Well, um, thanks, Grant. Uh, anyway, uh, once a project goes and gets planning approval by uh, planning commission and engineering, uh, sooner or later they'll want to start the uh, development. So uh, once I communicate things with the city engineer to see if they're okay to start grading, uh, the building department will normally issue a what we call a uh, get. Uh, temporary uh, permit to get started with the development. Uh, once that gets all uh, finished, all the streets are in, and then we get more involved with uh, applications for new homes and so forth. Uh, any any project going into that development, we'll get an application, and uh, we'll do a review before uh, any permits are issued. Uh, it's more involved than just uh, uh, doing a, a quick thing, we had to have a city engineer review the uh, topographical survey for approval before we can actually issue the building permit. And uh, once that all gets uh, finalized, then we're in gear to issue permits and do inspections. And all those inspections, Cliff, they, <clears throat> there are a lot of moving pieces, parts to that, because you're not just inspecting in the beginning, middle, and end, you're, this, these are ongoing inspections, right? That's correct. All the way from the, 
the grading aspect of things, the digging of the foundation, uh, inspecting footers for the foundation, the foundation itself, uh, all the flat work, concrete, rough framing, uh, rough plumbing, rough electric, uh, insulation, final, electric, building, so forth. Uh, we do final grade, too. So, yeah, it's a process. And, and you're also inspecting to make sure that they're actually building what they're supposed to be building, and it looks like what it's supposed to look like as per what's required by planning commission and the detailed plan and and what's been submitted as an approved plan, right? That's very true. Uh, uh, our inspector, Drew Flood, he does the review uh, for the actual building of the, the home. So... Uh, he takes part and gets his approval. Once that's completed, uh, then they're supposed to build it accordingly. Right. And one of the other inspections you do, which is, which I know a lot of people in the community may or may not uh, understand at times, is we get a lot of phone calls, a lot of neighbors concerned about when a new development goes in uh, because they're used to having trees in the backyard. Well, they're, they're not really their trees, even though they, they, they consider them theirs. Uh, they, they get concerned about stormwater management and the flow of water, and they also get concerned about um, uh, the, um, the roadways and dirt on the, on the roads. And we get lots of phone calls about that. In most instances, we, we greatly appreciate the phone calls. And, and the reason being is most community members are, are sincerely concerned about the community, and, and we absolutely understand that. Um, but what we really appreciate is when folks work with us and not try to work against us. And I think that's true in every building and planning and zoning department in the, in the country um, because the builders and developers of these, of these sites who are bringing new people in, who are going to be our neighbors and our friends, um, everybody's home was built at some point in time. And so it's a matter of, of, of working together and trying to find those common solutions. And quite frankly, the city of Brunswick is a very popular destination. We've got wonderful uh, attributes here in the community, everything from, from good schools and easy access to the highway to be getting up to the airport to, to all the activities within the district, within the, school, uh, the um, community itself, from the school district and all the performing arts that they have and all the sports and then all of the other, other activities within the community, from movie theaters to playgrounds and we're we're putting together our new uh, new Brunswick all-inclusive playground, which will open here in just a few weeks, I think, over at Neuro Park. That's that's the plug for for that today. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, so there's a, there's a whole process. And Cliff, what happens when somebody calls about dirt on the street? I cringe. <laughs> for starters, and then we have a crew go out there. You know, either be myself sometimes or possibly Drew Flood, an inspector, or, or a property maintenance inspector. We got uh, different people can, uh, that can uh, help us out with that type of situation. It's something we don't want to see. So Right. And, and we, uh, ahead of time, before the builders even build, we have meetings with them and talk about that, right? We, yes. We, we, say, we, we talk about how they're going to uh, enter their site and exit the site and where's their, their wash going to be and, and how are they going to minimize the dirt and... Will they have a street sweeper on? So we, we, we have those conversations, right? Yes, and I think, really, we've got a plan and planted in everybody's minds that this is important to us because we don't need stones out in the street mixed with mud, hitting windshields, causing it, you know, 
damage to vehicles and so forth. We know how important it is. So uh, I think we get the word across. We do, I think, a, a pretty decent job with uh, even though sometimes the conditions, the weather conditions can pose a problem, but yet I think uh, I think we do a nice job with the contractors on keeping the streets and roads clean. Oh, absolutely. And 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 Pam Pam hasn't left the the process either yet. I mean, Pam's there every day, understanding what's going on and having direct conversations with the uh, developers and builders as well, uh, with regards to, uh, especially if they're supposed to be doing something and they may not remember. Pam, what? Well, also I want to touch on as the city of Brunswick tries to be inclusive of residents' um, concerns. So when we have our public hearing for the detailed site plan, and if it is an annexation, I do notify all property owners within a 500-foot radius so that everyone that could possibly in any way, shape, or form be affected by this development will be notified. And at the public hearing, the Planning Commission gives the residents and, and all property owners that wish to speak a chance to voice their concerns all subdivisions are subject to city council approval so they can voice their concerns at the planning commission meeting and then again when it goes to city council for their approval so there are at least two opportunities for residents and property owners that may be commercial uh, to voice their concerns on a project there and the planning commission tries to take um, their concerns into uh, consideration with the approval of the plan and city council certainly does also um, staff here tries to make sure that the developers and the builders that they build what they said they were going to do and that is our job to make sure that they build it the way they're supposed to and the city engineer um, keeps track of the stormwater pollution prevention measures there, the SWP3, and just to make sure that we're not going to have any water or drainage issues there. So he is taking care of that. And then, of course, then Cliff Will is monitoring all the, for the building aspect of it. So building a development, a housing development, is really critical to the lifeblood of, of a community. And if you talk to... Uh, real estate folks and, and developers and whether they are developing commercial such as such as storefronts or restaurants or what what are called white boxes or if they're developing industrial you need people to work at those jobs you need a dense population for those locations to be financially supported and so when folks talk about well do we really need more housing well first of all we do we're, we're short on housing across the country um, but, but what we've tried to do is make sure the housing is appropriate and fits within the community itself. So whether it be a, a, uh, an RL district or a, or a SPD, which is a special planning district, we take all those things into consideration. We spend hours and hours and hours looking at all those areas and how does that affect what we do and how does that affect the community. Uh, many times the city engineer will require a traffic study as to what's the impact uh, because you may be coming out on a 303 or out on a Pearl for different developments or, or um, obviously in, in neighborhoods themselves. And so when we look at all those things, what's that impact and what's the impact to the region? And, and while we're looking at it for residential purposes, we also look at it as 
how does this impact schools and how does it impact um, commercial and, and, and recreational and all those things. So that's, it's not just a quick turnaround and it might sound like in the last 15 minutes we figured out how to build a neighborhood. It's quite complex and uh, there are a lot of intricacies to it. Um, and those folks that are in the development business soon realize that it, Brunswick, while we're a tough city to build in, we're a fair city and we follow all the rules and regulations and, and we expect the same out of, out of folks that come to be parts, part of our community. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Pam? Um, I just wanted to add because I know um, joining neighbors and property owners are concerned about the housing stock. Uh, planning Commission approves every single home model there to make sure that it's going to be compatible with the surrounding neighborhoods. We do have a minimum size for houses. It is 1,300 square feet if you do not have a basement and 1,100 square feet if you do to make sure that we don't have any teeny tiny homes being built next to rather large ones there. So we do approve every single model there. We want to make sure that they look attractive and that it's not something just bland there, you know, a vanilla box, so to speak, being put up there. We want to make sure it has nice architectural features so that it blends with the surrounding neighborhood. Okay. Cliff, any thoughts? Any other thoughts on uh, housing developments? Um, yes. Uh, some of the questions we get uh, when there's a house being built or any project in the city is like, well, what does Brunswick uh, want us to do to meet a certain code? I said, well, it's really not the city of Brunswick's code. It's the Ohio Building Code and the Ohio, Ohio Building Code for commercial and Ohio Residential Code for residential. So uh, the old days, we did have our own codes, and a lot of cities did, especially uh, neighboring cities like North Royalton and Medina. They had a code book called the Regional Dwelling House Code. So, right, we don't have home rule on building codes. Right. But, uh, and that allows builders to build, whether it be here in Brunswick or Cleveland or down in Cincinnati, yeah. having a consistent form of, of rules that they have to follow. Very true, uh, Grant. Uh, there's been a lot of confusion over the years, you know, when you have all these different codes and all these cities have their own codes and stuff, and it really makes it hard for everybody. So, And then it also helps with the education of the inspectors, right? Very true. Be because uh, unlike some industries, building inspectors, certified building departments, such as what Brunswick has, uh, every single one of our inspectors has to continue education on a regular basis. That's right, and, and that's good. We're all on the same page, getting the same education towards the same codes that we use. So going back to the Ohio Building Codes, um, ha has that been effective for the city? Oh, I think so. You know, there's a, we have to remember codes are minimum standard. They're not the maximum. So it's not there as good, better, and best. It's, it's basically there to meet the minimum safety requirements uh, for any occupants. Okay, okay, that's that's interesting to know. And but uh, obviously, when homeowners then want to invest in their homes, um, that always upgrades those those homes. Yes, uh, people could, you know, but the home that they're building or, or haven't built still has to meet certain codes, and and they are a minimum code. And uh, but the minimum codes are there's 
insulation value that's uh, put in the uh, codes to meet certain standards. It's not like you're getting a cheap product that costs a lot of energy to heat and cool. It's actually all factored in, but there's still a minimum that can be can be more advanced. Let's sure. That way. If, sure. If one wants to pay more money. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Right. And and housing stock here, Pam in, in Brunswick, um, is we we've got homes from starter homes all the way to <clears throat> well, dare I say, end of life homes. We've got we've got. Um, price points in every category. That's pretty unique in Brunswick. Absolutely. We will have, as you noted, Grant, we do have, you know, starter homes for your first time, the new subdivisions that are going in. You know, those those houses are starting at 390,000 minimum, and there are some in there that are already up to 600 some thousand in the new developments there that are going in. So. There's all price points. I think we can truly say that Brunswick has housing for everyone at all price points and all stages of their life. Right, and we've also got uh, lots of apartment complexes and condominium complexes, and we also um, have duplexes. So we've got things that cover the gamut of of what people are looking for, for for a livability. And then, of course, we have senior housing as well. We've got independent senior housing in town. We've got assisted and memory care and skilled nursing. And really, when you look at the housing stock within a community, does it include a whole cycle of life, frankly? And we're fortunate that here in Brunswick, we do. Absolutely. So is there anything else we'd like to add before we, we conclude? No, that's it for me. Thank you. I'm good too. Thank okay. you, Grant. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for joining me, Pam and Cliff, and uh, we'll look forward to having our next conversation in the near future about some some other very interesting topic on the world of building in Brunswick, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Have a great day. <laughs>